It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, Wizards fans, and welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver, my guy, Brandon Scott. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today, we have a special guest, Diolante Daniels. He, has a, he also has a Locked On hat as well. How are you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm representing the brand today, representing the brand. Welcome. Hello to all my Locked On family. You know, you always got to stop by for you guys, show some love. I said it before, you know, I'm always going to pop in on you guys, see how you guys doing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Long time no see. So um, the Wizards did play two preseason games. Um, there's some injuries. We're going to talk about that a little, little bit later um, that have happened since then. But um, what what good did you see? from the first two preseason games, like which players stood out to you? What did you like? Uh, number one, I got to speak on Rui Hachimura. Uh, maybe it was just the home cooking for him, but everything we saw from offensively, him just being aggressive, but mainly the main thing I took from his two showings in Japan was him on the boards. I remember last season, Ed, we spoke about him and you spoke about him wanting to be better on the boards and grabbing rebounds because he would have games where would only have two rebounds or three rebounds and I believe in both the second game he had double digits and rebounds I don't remember the correct number the first game he had around what was it seven or something like that but they were both high numbers of rebounds that was really um impressive for me that's something I've really been wanting to see from him because we know Kuz can rebound Denny can rebound KP can rebound but for the size that Rui has I always want him to be a little bit more aggressive on the boards and that's what he did in those two games and just like I said, offensively, I mean, in attack mode, just like I said, maybe it was the home cooking, but he's the guy that I think took everybody, you know, and took everybody's eyes and was like, wow, you know, Rui really wants this starting spot. So maybe, maybe he gets that starting spot. We don't know. But number one, I definitely will say Rui. Definitely. Yeah, I love um, how Rui was aggressive out there. And I, I think... You know, not just because it was a showcase, you know, really kind of for him, you know, being from Japan. But, you know, Wes said the, the three spot is wide open. I think he's taking the bull by the horns. Like you said, rebounding, you know, he had a double in the second game, double-double in the second game. But I loved how 
got the and one on Andrew Wiggins a couple times. You just got to see how strong he was when he took it to the basket on on a fast break where he did the up and under. Um, didn't knock down a lot of threes, but defensively, man, I thought he I thought he he was a, he was impressive. I love the effort where he stripped St- uh, Steph Curry, plucked him in the beginning of the game, getting on the ball for the loose for the for the steal. So I love that too. So those those are improvements areas where, that we're looking for from Rui. So I thought that was definitely a part a part of the good. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I think that uh, Rui really showed people why you have to consider him, you know, you know, in consideration for the starting spot. You know, like I said, you know, we keep mentioning a lot of episodes, man. Is um, you have you can legitimately look at three or four guys in the team who can start at the three or the four. And Rui, he kind of got a leg up on the competition because he showed out. He showed why he's a three level scorer. And his defense, as we know, is, you know, is the one part of his game that everybody wants to see him improve because, you know, especially at the four position. Because, look, you can look at every team in the East right now, and at the four position, you got monsters. You know, you if you want to go through the 76ers, you got to go through Tobias Harris. You know, Cleveland, Evan Mobley. You know, and the list goes on. You know, they're, they're playing KD at the at the four at times. He, he goes between the three and the four. So, you know, really, I think he took steps forward. Uh, he, he, he's showing that he wants to get better on the defensive end. But, you know, until he's that lockdown guy at the four position, you know, it's still, it's in, my, in my opinion, it's still an open trial for the three and four position because defense has to be key. You know, as we know, last season, three-point percentage and defense were the biggest issues on the team outside of chemistry due to uh, depth. So, you know, his defense has to get better, especially with West. I mean, West's calling card is defense. So, you know, defense should be the name of the game. So, you know, I, I agree with you guys. You know, I like what I see from Rui. But the defense has to get better if he wants to start in spot. One hundred percent. So, what what were some things that concerned you from the first two games? That concerned me the the shooting. Maybe it was because of the jet lag. I mean, but we look like it's possibly maybe another year where we struggle to shoot from the three point line consistently. Uh, the three point shooting wasn't the best. But even in the first game, the Warriors struggled to shoot from the three-point line as well. So it could have been just the long trip, the long flight. So the jury is still out on that, on the shooting, the aspect of three-point shooting. Um, If we were to go more specific, um, I would say Johnny Davis. He's shown things defensively, but he just looks like a guy right now that looks really raw offensively, doesn't have a go-to move, doesn't have anything that he can really bank on. Um, at the NBA level right now, and we kind of seen that at the summer league level, and we were all hoping to improve. He would improve when it came to the preseason. We still aren't seeing it, so it's it's looking like he may need a year to just really sit back and watch the game. Definitely, it's a developmental process, but one of the positives that, I, that I'll bring up, too, some good that I saw, too, was the Bill Porzingis duo. We didn't see much of this, much of it, but I did like the alley-oop there. Um, DeLon Wright, he's really impressed me too, man. Um, his defense is something that we just haven't had in a long time. And I think he's a guy that's going to, you know, have a lot of deflections and steals, create some fast breaks. He's a pass that we needed at guard spot. Uh, Monte Morris played well too. I thought Gaffer had some nice passes. Brzezinka struggled in the first game, but he played a lot better in the second game. So those are some other good things, but yeah, concerns is, is the three point shooting. Um, I know, yeah, like you said, there was jet lag and, you know, it's their first two games, but, you know, and Corey Kisper being out too, that doesn't help. We don't have a lot of guys who are, you know, long range marksmen. I mean, Bradley Bill 
you know, his three-point shooting has tailed off the last couple of years. Uh, Porzingis is a good three-point shooter. Kuzma can get hot. Sometimes he's a little streaky here and there. Denny struggles from the three-point line. Johnny Davis isn't known as a three-point shooter. Monte Morris is a good three-point shooter. Will Barton are some guys that can definitely help out with three-point shooting. But it, it's still a question mark for this team, man. You certainly saw them struggle from the three-point line in, in both of the games. They were better in the second half in the second game, but it's still it's still definitely it's something that they have to work on for sure. I'm going to say that I'm not too concerned about three-point shooting. I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at last season, we, we didn't have as many shooters as we do now. You know, before the deadline trade for KP, you know, Bertans, we all know he's, you know, his <laughs> – <laughs> the one thing he added to the team was three-point shooting. So he was either all in or all out. You know what I mean? So when he was on, he was good. When he was off, he was he was way off. So, you know, and even Spencer Dinwiddie, he's not known as a big three-point shooter. You know what I mean? He's, you know, he's more of a driving-to-the-basket guy. So we didn't have the personnel. You know, now we do. Monte Morris, you know, statistically is above-average three-point shooter. Will Barton, above-average. I mean, the list goes on. DeLon Wright, above-average. And he brings defense. So, I, you know, you have enough guys now who can shoot behind the arc and play defense to where, you know, if Bill has a bad game, Kuz can step up. KP, we have a lot of guys who can step up. You know, uh, Barton showed in Denver that he can create his own shot. You know, he can be a playmaker. And same thing with Monte. So I'm more optimistic with this group because you have guys who can step in when Brad has a bad game. You know, whereas if you look at past teams, you know, when Bradley Bill struggled, very often than not, we were getting blown out because we didn't have that second, third score. And yet, Kuz showed enough last season when Bill went out that he can step into that void. So, no, I'm, I'm very optimistic with three-point. You know, the two games, I think, is too small for sample size. You know, it's jet lag. You know, it's the first time they're playing it together. You know, they just got out of the training camp. So, there's going to be you know, an adjustment period. But, no, I'm very optimistic about the three-point shot. But before we move on to my question, today's episodes are... The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Follow the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, even golf. Hit the betonline.net or use a mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And the next sponsor is Flex, also in pro. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Basketball preview. Make sure you check out the alternate pro basketball preview starting October 10th. Our sixth episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders, the Locked On Podcast Network, and Odyssey all combining into one alternate NBA preview. Starting October 10th, search for Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 in your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So, my question if the season started today, who's your starting five? If the season started today, my starting five. I would probably go Monte Morris, Bradley Bill. I would go Rui at the three because Kuzma, he said he's more comfortable at the four. Um, and then KP. The reason for that, if it wasn't Rui at the three, it would probably be Will Barton at the three, which I think is the most consistent lineup right now. But I think Will Barton's game is just better fit off of the bench. I think it's better fit off of the bench. I think – the bench unit could use his microwave effect where he can just really get hot. He's a guy who wants to put up shots. And I think that could really work for that bench unit who could probably use some scoring from a guy like Will. So that's my starting lineup right there. I think that's pretty cool. Now that's now what do you think Wes is going to do? Wes is probably going to do Monte, Bill, Barton, Kuzma, KP. <laughs> probably, probably. But, yeah, no, back to your point, too, Brandon, about three-point shooting. I mean, Rui can shoot the three, too, so that is something that we can improve on. I think ball movement as well will help with the three-point shooting. I think last year before, you know, when Thomas, Thomas came into the lineup, we moved the ball better and we shot the three better. But to get back to the starting lineup, yeah, I'm I'm with you on Rui. Like, honestly, I don't take too much stock into whether Rui's playing the three or the four. I think they both can play the three or the four. I think they both can interchange in that position. So I've seen people debate that, but I, I just don't really think it's 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 that much of a factor. I guess, you know, on defense, you know, you may want Rui guarding a four who's kind of usually slower than the small forward. So I think for defensive purposes, but I think both guys can interchange on the three or four. But I would love that lineup. Uh, the question mark is just the defensive part, you know, Rui guarding threes, guarding anybody at this point, based off last year. But offensively, I think it would be great. I think Kuzma can take take guys off of the dribble at the four spot. I think Kuz can take guys off the dribble at the three spot. Same thing with Rui. He can overpower guys at the three spot, too. And all of them can knock down threes. Porzingis can shoot the three. Rui can shoot the three. Kuz can shoot the three. Brad can shoot the three. Monte can shoot the three. All these guys are effective, and they can score off the dribble. They don't need, you know, to be set up. So they all can score. Um, that would be the, you know, contrary to, you know, if Denny starts, yes, he would be our best defender. But you have the question mark on the offensive side of the ball. You know, is he going to call call up? You know, the is the spacing going to be a little clogged because he struggles to shoot the three? That's the question mark with Denny. But the defense is better than than Rui and Barton. If you start Barton, the defense is, is a little. He's a solid defender, but you know he's a little small at that three spot. It's kind of like what they did with KCP last year. But we just know the familiarity with the Nuggets guys. We know automatically that West most likely will start Will and start Monte, of course. But Barton off the bench, I think he's a guy that can give you. 10 to 15 points easily off the bench with that bench unit. As you saw in the preseason, they kind of struggled when the Gill was out there. Gill was a good player, but it was, the lineup was like DeLon, Johnny, Kispert, Gill, and um, it was somebody else who was on the line. I can't remember, but they just couldn't create for themselves. So I think Will would be that spark off the bench. And maybe he could, you know, have that Montrezl Herald effect where he was just coming in an instant offense off the bench. 
Yeah, I agree with you guys. I would like to see Rui at the three. Uh, like I said, the sample size is too small for this preseason, but, you know, he started before. He's shown that he could be a three-level scorer. And like you said, Kuzma is better at the four. That That's the – but the only question is, is defense. Because, you know, to me, defense has to be the key this season. Defense was horrible last season. I mean, it was it was it was terrible. You know, we were just and then you look later in the year, we can talk about the subjects in the Clippers game, but I don't think anybody must go there. But you know, defense <laughs> was an issue. And, and and the thing is, you know, it's um you know, West's forte is defense. You know, we were talking about earlier how, you know, in Denver they were a defensive center team, and but the offense was very, very slow. And if you remember the offense was finished in with it, it was dead slow. So what I want to see is the offense being picked up. A faster, you know, like we said earlier, Bradley Bill, he plays best when he has a point guard who can distribute the ball and who can p- push the pace. So, you know, I don't want to see Bradley Bill the playmaker. I want to see Bradley Bill the shooter, the scorer. That's where Bradley Bill make that money. You know, he got that contract from being the scorer. You know, it wasn't from dribbling the ball for 10 seconds off the clock and then bouncing off his foot. It was, you know, getting the open shots. You know, you know that's his forte. So, you know... Yeah, Rui at the three is where I would go if the season started today. Now, if Denny wasn't hurt, and, you know, there's not a timetable yet how long Denny's going to be out. But, you know, obviously if the, if the season started today, he would not be playing due to injury, the groin. So, but I would like to see Denny start at the three. That would be my lineup if Denny was available. reason for that is because defense has to be the first priority. You know, and with Denny in the lineup, you're getting that defensive factor on the wing, and you, you don't need him to shoot a lot of shots. You already got enough scores on your first unit to where you don't have to depend on uh, Denny to be that score. You know, if, you, if you're getting 10, 15 points from Denny on the, on the starting unit, that's a bonus. You know what I mean? So really is a defensive factor why I put him on there. But, you know, overall, I would agree. Really should be in three if the season started today. Yeah. Um, originally, I, I felt like Denny should be in the starting five as well because of what you just said. I felt like the, there was enough scoring already within the lineup. And defense was something that's very needed on this team, like you said. But then the groin injury and everything, and I feel like it's very dependent on Denny being able to shoot at least 35% from three of the season. He's usually around 30, 31%, which is very low. He needs to be around 35%. He needs to be able to be effective when he's wide open at the three-point line, which he will be. And he has to be not too much of an offensive liability to where Defenses just don't even care that he's there at the three-point line because that just clogs everything up for Brad and Monte and Kuz and KP and makes life very difficult. But now that he's not playing and they said he's not going to be playing on Monday either, I mean, it's tough to get a read on that. But I do agree. Defense is is very important. Yeah, it's unfortunate with the injuries. Um, They're already starting to pile up. You know, we're going to talk about Corey. Next, too, he's got an he's going to be out for four to six weeks. So, who knows? And they said that you know, you could see the ankle swelling up on the bench when he got hurt. Um, but yeah, Denny, too, he has you know, he's got to finish around the rim, too. So, it's not just the three pointers, but clearly, he's the best wing defender. It's just the, the offensive question mark for him, or you know, another lineup, too. Like, they could go big, they could have Kuz at the three, Przingis at the four, and Gaff at the five. I don't think they'll do that, but I do think they will try to play Gaff and Zingas at the same time. That will be interesting. But now transitioning with Corey being out four to six weeks, who do you see stepping up in the rotation? Do you see Johnny Davis getting a chance in the rotation? Where do you see Johnny, you know, after the two preseason games, you know, he went 0 for 12 from the field. 
Um, you know, we're waiting on him to knock it down a shot, but I, I think he definitely has potential. Um, do you see do you see that giving him an opportunity to get into the rotation? And before that injury, did you have Johnny like who's your 10-man rotation? Let's just go over that. And then before the injury, and then after the injury, do you think Johnny's gonna get some time now? Um, I didn't have Johnny in my rotation at all. Um, I just I just didn't see anything from him in the summer league, and I haven't seen anything from him in these two games. So maybe as the preseason rolls on, I'll see something from him. Uh, but even with Corey Kispert being injured, I, I still wouldn't be pressed to really fit him in there. I would honestly just drop down to a nine-man rotation. But since it's the beginning of the season, he may get spot minutes. You know, so obviously DeLon Wright off the bench. You got Denny. Um, if we're going by Wes's lineup, you got Rui, uh, Gafford. Um, mm, am I missing somebody? Denny, I mean, Corey's hurt. And then you got Taj Gibson, who's the third big as well. And then you got Anthony Gill down there. But, I mean, maybe spot minutes, but honestly. Did you say DeLon Wright? Yeah, I said DeLon Wright, yeah. So, honestly, I mean, I wouldn't be too hard-pressed to find minutes for him because he he hasn't shown me anything or given me a reason to give him minutes. But, if I mean, I guess since the season's early, it's the beginning of the season, you don't want to play guys too hard. Uh, He may just find some spot minutes, but I'm not really pressing to get him on the court right now. I haven't seen anything. And also, if Denny's not ready, because we just don't know about groin injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked about Commanders Curtis Samuel. He missed the whole season last year in football because of a groin injury. You just never know. So if Denny is out, knock on wood, did you, do you see an opportunity for Johnny to play after that too? Uh, if Denny's out, then I think by default he may end up getting some time, and which could possibly be a good thing from him for his growth and development. Um, obviously, the best – development for players is actually being able to play so i mean it could help in the long run but if he's forced like if guys are just down then yeah next man up mentality he has to step up and he has to force his game to get better and and learn on the fly and just learn on the fly but if guys when Corey comes back if denny's playing then no he he wouldn't be stepping foot on my court unless it's a blowout or something like that or guys are hurt like now I mean, it's a tricky situation because on one hand, I can see him benefiting from being in the G League because he would get a lot more playing minutes than he, you know, originally he would before Corey Kisper getting hurt. You know, now with Corey Kisper being down, you know, unfortunately he's going to have to step up. And, you know, going off the two games, man, I mean, <laughs> he ain't hit one shot. So, you know, yeah, you, you want to look at it and say, you know, next man up, but it's just, it ain't looking good right now. So, but, you know, I've said it before, you, you see the intangibles there with Johnny. You know, I don't think it's lost. I don't think he's a bust yet. You know, I think that, you know, he's got that dog in him. You know, we always talk about the dog mentality. You know, it's just, he's got the dog in him. You know, just certain things he does that, you know, with the, the way the NBA is now, you don't see a lot of plays like that. You, you know, him diving from loose balls. A lot of players ain't trying to do that now. You know, that mentality, you know, it's not old NBA anymore. You know, you, you see the dog in him, you see the defense, you know. So I think he will get better. It's just I think the spotlight is the coaching staff and developing players. You know, we have not always been the best team when it comes to developing players. You know, we didn't develop Troy Brown, not to the, what, the way he was supposed to be developed. 
You know, we were, we're terrible at developing and drafting. And, you know, drafting, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, it's just we, we had to be better in developing. So we have to properly develop Johnny Davis because we can easily ruin this guy quick. And I think that forcing him to be a point guard and forcing him into a role that he's never played before is going to ruin him. You know, he's not a point guard. You know, you cannot, you know, you play, you know, look, we've all played ball. You know, I mean, if you haven't been a point guard most of your life, you're not going to step into the pros and be a point guard. It's just not going to happen. So they have to really stop this whole, you know, trying to force people to play different positions. We have enough, you know, players who can play more than one position. Mm-hmm. And we have two guys who are both capable of starting and playing six-man at the point guard position. So there's really no reason to play him there. So, you know, let him get those minutes, develop in the right way, bring him along slowly. If we have to go to a nine-man rotation, I'm with that because, you know, the ball just ain't dropping. So, but I'm, I'm going to move on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question real quick. And I've been thinking about this. It's going to be a good one, man. <laughs> um, all right. Hypothetically, SGA or Kyrie is available for trade, right? Now, you got two veterans on expiring contracts, Will Barton and Kyle Kuzma. And you got the four young guys, Corey Kispert, Rui Hachimura, Denny, and Johnny Davis. So if you're going to trade for one of these guys, FGA out of you know Oklahoma City or Kyrie out of Brooklyn, which one of the vet, two vets would you trade? And which two of the young guys would you move in that in a trade? Uh, well, for SGA, I'm not, I'm not touching Kyrie. I mean, we had troubles handling Montrez, Harrell, and stuff, guys fighting in the locker room last season. So we don't need Kyrie. We can barely handle mid-tier players. So I'm going SGA. Uh, I'm fine with giving up Kuz, you know, or Barton, or a combo of the two. Uh, and the, as far as the young guys, I would like to keep one of them. But a guy like SGA, I mean, he's – entering his prime years he's very talented extremely talented and i'm i'm fine with moving i would like to keep one but if they wanted both denny and Rui per se i wouldn't be i wouldn't oppose it you know i was willing up willing to possibly get rid of both of them for Jaden ivy when we were entering the draft and i know how high jay ed is on Jaden ivy so (laughs) (laughs) i mean I'm I'm doing what it takes, you know. If we got to do that to get a guy like SGA, I'm willing to move either vet and either or both of the young guys. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a tricky question. You know, if I got to move one of the two out of Barton and Coos, I'm trying to move Barton just because it's a fine contract. I've, I've seen enough from Coos that if there's a chance that he stays in D.C., I'm looking for that chance because he just show how complete of a player he can be. You know, that, those years from him being a Laker where he was a role guy and kind of playing behind, you know, LeBron are over. He showed he had enough leadership capability and his three-point shot got better and, and his passing got better to where I'd like to see him long-term. Now, once you look at these young guys, it's getting tricky because, as you know, Rui is on an expiring contract also. So, I mean, you got to kind of look at both of these guys. You know, there's two factors. One, if you're going to going to talk to Kuzma about extension, then – you know, really is really available because, you know, you can't pay both of these guys starting money, you know, for one of them to sit on the bench, you know, because we already got Gaff, you know, look, Gaff's going to an extension. So, you know what I mean? Money's going to get even tighter, you know what I mean? So if it's me, if I'm the general manager, I'm definitely moving Barton if I can, if Cruz, if that's a necessity, he goes, but I am going to drive Rui and Denny to the airport myself. They would be gone. And not that I don't like these guys, <laughs> is that 
Look, they have a lot. Of, they have a lot of value right now, and those two out of the four have the most value. Look, Johnny Davis. I mean, the values. I mean, if you can find a little bit, you know, good luck because you know, based on those two games, you know, he has no. Right now, he's a project. You know, if you look at Corey Kispert, love his game. You know, it took a while for him to get the you know the faster release of the shot, but once he started shooting, it started a lot better. But would he be good enough from just one year for him to be a commodity in trade? I don't see it. You know, really, right now, Rui and Denny are the two money makers as far as value in the trade. So, yeah, if I'm trying to get SGA, which, man, you put him at point on this team with KP and Bradley Bill, come on. I mean, that's a totally we're, – we're talking about contending at that point. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm moving Rui and I'm moving Denny. Easy. Definitely. I mean, reports were that they checked in on DeJounte Murray and they checked in on – SGA, this is in quotation marks that I'm doing on YouTube if you're watching, but they checked in on these guys. We checked on, on Jaden Ivey. Allegedly, we checked on KD, and we checked on a bunch, Donovan Mitchell as well. We had reports that we were strongly had a uh, package for him. So, you know, but I think they should try to get if, – if he becomes available, I think that's the next big fish that will become available, in my opinion, just looking at the trajectory of the Thunder. But there's a report SGA said he doesn't want to be traded, so that's – talk for next year but that's a good question you know putting putting Delonte on the hot seat brandon always does that you know so but yeah we'll we'll wrap it up here we just got a couple rapid fire and then about the last thing i'll say about the rotation i think if the rotation is a nine-man rotation i think that's for the better honestly we saw too many guys trying to get minutes last year trying to get too many shots and um showcasing guys last year i think and brandon talks about this all the time a consolidation trade and i think the wizards would be better suited for consolidation just breaking it down i think less is more for this team Brad, you know, gelling and chemistry will be more instead of like, oh, man, we have to play Rui. We have to play Denny. We have to play so many guys at the same position where, you know, we got our eight or nine man rotation. They're mm-hmm. set. They know what time they're going to get. They know what minutes they're going to get. They're not worried about getting yanked and pulled out. Gaffer had to go through that last year. where He was getting yanked and pulled out with the three bigs and Thomas Bryant and stuff like that. So I think it would be better for, you know, a consolidation trade or just a, a nine-man rotation. I think it would be better. And, and Johnny can develop properly, get some games in the G League, and then sit on the bench and learn behind Brad and whatnot. So we'll wrap it up here with a couple of questions. So you can just have a one-word answer, Delonte, and then we'll let you go. Wrap it up. All right. So first question is, uh, which player would make the biggest leap this year? Mm, Monte Morris. Okay. Okay. Sign blank to a long-term contract. To be determined. <laughs> <laughs> Will you make it to a Wizards game this year? Yes. Okay. Tommy Shepard's great since he's been here so far. Uh, C plus. C plus. Okay. Do the Wizards make the playoffs and not the play-in? No. No. Okay. Trade blank player today. Mm. Rui Hachimura. Okay. All right. And uh, which, if you had to visit a country that our player lives in, would you go to Israel with Denny or Japan with Rui or Kristaps in Latvia? Uh, probably Rui, for sure. Japan. Okay. All right, D. And then will the Eagles win over under 11 games this year? Over under 11. Our schedule looks pretty sweet. I'll go over. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll we'll see if our commanders can get you in, in the last game of the year. But D, we still want to thank you. Thank you for coming on today. 
Shout out to Ref the District, their podcast. You know, they they did that. I've been on their podcast a couple of times. So I, I took that from those guys. Shout out to those guys. But D, we just want to thank you for coming on. He's got his locked on hat once again. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. And for your second listen, take a listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. He hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. D, is there anything you want to shout out or promote before we head out? Um, well, for the people who watch Locked On Wizards and don't know, I cover the Wizards on my YouTube channel, live streams, just chatting it up. Um, going to be live doing some watch parties with some games. So at Detox Lot on Twitter, Detox Lot on YouTube, and that's about it. Yes, sir. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.